This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here in the manly Warthog Man Cave inside the piney woods of North Central Florida, God's country. In the Melvin Law Studio, Melvin Law with 50 years of experience is the only official law firm partner for they won't back down. Protected by crime prevention 24-7, cpss.net and mugshots by Maurice G. McDaniel. And all of our sponsors and all of our donations are much appreciated. Well, 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 the story continues. The story continues. It's uh, um, kind of interesting about uh, the world we're living in today. And I've got a it's another surprise for you in the uh, Drotos uh, Riles versus uh, Bossart case, which has just broken yesterday. And there's a lot of things to talk about with this that uh, are worth thinking about, supposedly, if you're of interest about transparency and um, responsibility of government and uh, all that above. You know, we have the same situation. It's almost uncanny how many parallels there are to the Mar-a-Lago situation. Uh, and to the behavior of the law enforcement agencies on a national level. So the first thing I want to bring you up to date on, of course, is our continuing story, which started quite some time ago, about the fellows who were uh, signed up to vote in the uh, Lachua County Jail. And, you know, maybe one of these days we'll find out the truth of that. Uh, I think one of them is going to go to the, go to trial, at least. And in that, somebody's going to have to stand up there and raise his hand and say, uh, well, I didn't encourage him to sign up. Uh, wasn't my responsibility, all that kind of stuff that is going to be, uh, you know, exchanged in conversation. Uh, it's, it's kind of interesting, you know, people uh, might learn a little bit from classic literature once in a while. Uh, of course, you hear me talk quite a bit about Hamlet. It's probably the best of all the plays he wrote, Shakespeare, and it's got magnificent wisdom in it. And one of the things which is meant as comedy in it is uh, something I'll explain to you right now. In Act 5 of Hamlet, uh, they're burying, two grave makers are burying uh, the body of uh, Ophelia. And uh, one grave maker is a little brighter than the other, so they work well as a comedy team together. And Shakespeare used them as comic relief for what is a real serious uh, play. Uh, there's woefully little comic relief in our society today. In fact, comedy is now pretty much dead because comedy always is derived from making fun of something and everybody can take it. But now with this super hypersensitive society we live in where everybody wears his or her or its feelings on its sleeve, uh, you can't really do anything without somebody being hurt. And if they're hurt, they cry. And if they cry, they want Somebody protect them. And if it's not their mommy and daddy, then they want the government to protect them. And so um, very easy, particularly to run into this without intending to run into it. 
And all of a sudden you realize somebody's playing the feedings card, if you will. Well, there's an interesting exchange by the two grave makers in Act 5. Um, they are digging Ophelia's grave, and she's getting a Christian burial. But the truth of the matter is she ended her own life. And this is very important, of course, to understand. Uh, God gives you your life. Therefore, you're not entitled to take it away yourself. You would violate God's gift. Uh, God can take it away but you can't take it away. This is really kind of the bedrock of our modern medicine practice. A, a doctor takes care of God's gift, if you will, as long as possible, but the doctor has the ability to terminate the life of God's gift, and therefore we really don't have uh, a, a medical practice that does any kind of euthanasia or any kind of relief of mortality for the sake of um, expediating the process of getting rid of the pain and all that of the inedible because it would violate God's uh, gift and God's power. It would be uh, really outrageous to think that a human being could be God and do what only God can do. So this is all understood in the Elizabethan audience. It's pretty much common practice. Um, he is uh, uh, sure that everybody there after all, we have the King James Version of the Bible. We have uh, the, the big battle that's just occurred between the uh, uh, Catholic forces, uh, churches, and the, uh, the Anglican Church. All these things are real struggles if you go back and look at the history of Europe, Protestant Reformation, etc. And um, this is all in the milieu and the cultural discourse. And so the one clown says to the other one, who is the smarter one, uh, if she took her own life, how come she's getting a, a Christian burial? And the way Ophelia took her life was she uh, drowned, drowned herself. She drowned. She went down. Now, there's some conversation about this, and this is what's interesting. She goes down and, 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 and morose, morosely and sadly and overwhelmed with sadness because she's, she believes her hero Hamlet boyfriend quote unquote, is a murderer or a liar or all the above. And it's such a disappointment because he was always in her eyes, the embodiment of perfection and what one should aspire to be. And she's very despondent. She's been used by the adults in this play to spy on Hamlet uh, because they know Hamlet trusted her. And Hamlet has gotten angry at her because he realizes she's allowed herself to be manipulated by evil without questioning it. And this is all over the heads, of course, of these modern day uh, people who say, oh, the plays don't mean anything because it's an old dead white guy. Um, this is absolutely the reason you study the classical literature. So the smarter uh, clown, uh, grave maker, instructs the dumber one who asks the question, why is she getting a Christian burial when she took her own life? He explains to her uh, um, and, he, and uh, to him, and he used the funny line, cultural thy brains no more about it, for your dull ass will not mend its pace with beating. And he puns on the word ass, which is a donkey, and also the derriere of the human being. And if you beat a donkey, it won't go any faster and fast. It'll stop. And if I were to beat you, uh, my buddy here, grave maker, it wouldn't make you any smarter. You can't beat somebody and make them smarter 
So he says, here's why she's getting a Christian burial. The law says she's entitled to one. Now, the reason the law says she's entitled to one is because the law has been influenced by the king. Uh, the, the, the clown says the crowner sate on her. So the coroner ruled that she had not taken her own life. Therefore, since she was a member of the court, she could get a Christian burial. It would be very embarrassing and reflect very poorly on the king, Claudius, <clears throat> if someone in his close proximity in his royal court were to commit suicide. It would be on his watch, so to speak, and throw suspicion toward him. So through his uh, awesome power, he influences the uh, coroner to rule that Ophelia did not take her own life. She drowned. And, and everybody knows she drowned herself. But here's how it works. <clears throat> and the smart clown explains it. Here lies the water. Now, if you go to the water, and she had a big petticoat on, which kind of acted as a capillary sponge system. Here lies the water. If you go to the water, then you drown yourself. But if the water come to you, then you drown not yourself. It's been ruled that the water came to her. Ergo, she did not kill herself. Ergo, she gets a Christian burial. This is the absolute essence of law. What Shakespeare has, these two grave makers exchange between the two of them. It's the absolute essence of law. The interpretation of language. Okay? She didn't go to the water. Indeed, she was standing by the water morose and walked into it. But who's to say she didn't walk into it? Who's to say she stood dangerously close to it and was absent-minded and the water pulled her down, as the clown says, to her muddy lay? Okay? It dragged her down. Her skirt got heavy. She couldn't escape the weight of the water, and therefore the water drowned her she did not drown herself. Now, I've heard the same argument go on with insurance companies. When a boat hits a dock, well, the insurance company, well, I've heard this argument one time, says, well, you didn't tie the boat to the dock tightly. Therefore, it's your fault that the boat is damaged. Therefore, ergo, we won't pay. But the boat owner said, I tied the boat to the dock tightly, but the water rose. The water rose, the lake level rose and pulled the boat off of the tie-in. And that's what I'm insured against. Oh boy, is that ever a legal argument? Did the water rise, therefore, and is the insurance company going to pay? Or did the boat bang into the wharf because it wasn't tied properly. Well, it was tied properly before the water rose. You talk about a legal battle. Wow, was that ever interesting. That involved lots of money. So we have the same thing going on today in uh, the latest episode 
of, guess what, protos riles versus uh, the uh, boss harp entity, all right? There has been a motion, my friends, and I, I, I got to discuss this a little bit with you. There has been a motion to seal the yet taken, and I'm just going to focus on one of the characters, the yet to be taken deposition of one Ken Cornell. Now, this motion was filed uh, August 12th. Today is August the 16th uh, at 5.09 uh, p.m. And it's the state of Florida versus Drotos and Riles. Now, I've said all along, the state of Florida, in my observation, has been acting as if it were an attorney for Boss Hart. Because I watched them in the courtroom try to explain what a trade secret was, the state attorney's office, and they couldn't do it. They could not explain what a trade secret was. Yet, Drotos and Riles are being charged with the theft of trade secrets. But no one has been able to define for the court what a trade secret is. No one has been able to produce a succinct definition with examples that would be presented, produced on paper to a jury. Finally, out of their reluctant hands, I understand the state attorney did give files to the Drotos attorneys. But once again, there's so much in the files. What among all that which is in the files do you consider trade secrets? So trade secrets has been used as a cudgel to beat up Grotos and Riles claiming they took that which no one has been able to define. So now cometh before the court, if you will, and this reminds me so much of what I just went through with you, and I suspect the bright ones of you listening will understand what I said, and the others, perhaps you sat in class with your eyes glazing over, but believe me, you just got a kernel of wisdom. You will get nowhere else in America. OK, even you sitting on the back row with your hats turned on backwards. When you come back and get a little sharper, get a little older and listen to what I said, you're going to be dumbfounded. So now the victims have made a motion. Now, the boss hearts have played them out to find themselves as victims. Now, that's very interesting. Remember, it's all about language. They are defining themselves as victims. And so victims are in Bossart and Bossart Realty Services, LLC, collectively, Bossart, by and through the undersigned council, file this motion, pursue it to an article in the Constitution, respectfully requesting that the court enter an open, enter, enter an order sealing, sealing, hence today's title, the motion to seal, sealing the deposition transcripts of Boss Hart employees. Now, let me tell you what that means. The principal Boss Hart employee 
who's the chief financial officer of Boss Hart, as I understand it, is Ken Cornell. Ken Cornell, let's just put a couple of things on the table here, is running for re-election, is a county commissioner, and is asking through these attorneys that his deposition not be open to the public after it's been given. Now, let me give you a couple of things that have happened. I stumbled into the first attempt of the deposition quite innocently because I get a lot of information, okay? A lot of information. And I got the Zoom link, just as I get so many other things from you out there in the public, the research team. I don't go looking for it. You, you, feed, you feed it to me. So I, somebody fed me the link. And I said, oh, that'd be interesting. So I check in, and I happen to get in about five minutes late. They're already deposing. And I was let in, by the way. Nobody kept me out. They were already deposing Cornell, and all of a sudden, as you, as you, I wish you could see it. They look up and see me enter this deposition and go crazy. I mean, it's as if electric cattle prod hit them. Oh, my God. Who is that? That's Ward Scott. Well, he can't see or hear what we're about to say. This would be terrible. Then mysteriously, and I haven't ever made anything of this, disappearing from the screen of the lawyer and Cornell. And when the lawyer returns without Cornell, he says that we've got to keep this guy out of here because he's made com comments about this person's and whatever religion. I was stunned by that. I had no idea what they were talking about and still don't. And I've thought about that. You know, what kind of a comment was that, my band? What kind of comment you just make, dude? So anyway, he panics. The attorney, pan the attorney panics. And they have this hour and a half discussion. We showed you and played you all that and end up canceling the deposition of Cornell. And it's yet to take place. It was canceled before. Because on Armistice Day or thereabouts, they were supposed to depose Cornell. Oh, he had as a public official. Now, here's a guy who wants it both ways. I, as I see it, correct me if I'm wrong. As a public official, he plays the public official card. Well, I've got, I can't be deposed that day. I've got to go uh, to this public ceremony that I just simply have to be attending. Now he turns around. And ask that, I guess, because he's such a delicate human being, he must be shielded from the public. The public must be shielded from what he says about this trade secret argument. Now, this is really, really interesting if you care about government. And if you care about a court system that, and a legal system that has integrity and honor to it, if you care about those things, I'm providing you with some things to think about. Um, it, it, you know, if you don't want to think about it, why go back to baseball cards or 
whatever floats your boat. But this is really where the where the society operates. So now we're going to seal transcripts of characters who have yet to create the transcripts. And why are we going? What justification are we going to tell the judge that makes it necessary to uh, seal this? Well, uh, the state's allegations concern, here we go again, unauthorized access to proprietary confidential information, including but not limited to boss heart own trade secrets. I find this so interesting because the state, correct me if I'm wrong, bought into this falsehood, alleged falsehood about trade secrets, bought into it. By that mean, there's that conference call that took place among Kramer, GPD, and a couple of boss art people, wherein evidently, collectively, Boss Hart and GPD were able to convince the state attorney to take it to a judge to get this and that and start the criminal process in motion because of the theft of trade secrets, which no one could define and has yet to define. And now, on the basis of the fact that in the deposition of these employees, they may reveal trade secrets to the public, we ask that the depositions be sealed, which have yet to be taken. Now, I, I, I tell you, my friends, this bears watching. This bears watching on a couple of, first of all, is the judge going to buy this? That these depositions, now listen, when I interrupted unintentionally the first deposition uh, the attempt of Cornell, the argument was, why does the media have to be here? Because the deposition is going to be, once it's taken, a public record. That was the argument then. Now the argument is, once the deposition is taken, it should not be a public record. So what has changed? What has changed? Somebody tell me what's changed. Now, there are people watching this show and watching everything, because I am become, for better or worse, the resident community expert on this drama. There is nobody in this community who knows this case as well as I do. I haven't seen anybody else in the courtrooms. I haven't seen the Gainesville Sunset pick this. They, they couldn't handle it anyway. They couldn't think their way through it. Channel 20's not going to think their way through it. They don't have the time. Where's this going to come from? It's coming from the Ward Scott Files. I'm putting it out there for you're in the community. You're the community. It's the, you know, it's your, ultimately it's your priorities. I mean, I'm just witnessing the drama, the play. I'm witnessing the two clowns say to each other, well, did she 
drowned herself or not? Well, it depends on how you interpret drowning. Well, how do you determine that? Well, you determine, you go with the definition the state gives you. In that case, it was King Claudius. You have to accept King Claudius's definition of drowning. And Brian Kramer, by the way, was one of my students. He should be listening to this. He'd learn something today. Just as a student, I don't want him listening as a state attorney. I just want him listening. So whose definition of trade secret are we supposed to take? We can't take the states because they don't know what it is. The Florida Real Estate Commission threw the thing by the side of the road, says this is not a trade secret. It's a commission argument. So what, who is the king? This is the great mystery in this community, my friends, that I am asked every day. Who is the King Claudius in this issue? Who is the ultimate mastermind behind this? Who has powerfully, and, and some people say corruptly, perverted the integrity of GPD and the state attorney's office. And are they culpable in any way? By being duped or being naive or being lazy or incompetent? These questions come at me. And they're questions I share with you for which we don't have answers. Who is the King Claudius telling everyone what the definition of these terms shall be. Brilliant scene, the beginning of Act 5 in Hamlet. Go read it for yourself. I'll probably have to help you understand it, but that's fine. I'm an expert on Hamlet. And, and, absolutely, and all my students know Hamlet. I spent six weeks teaching to them, comma by comma. Syllable by syllable, iambic pentameter by iambic pentameter. It is so filled with wisdom, so filled with questions that never change. It is the power of the state versus the power or the transparency that the individual is allowed to see inside the state. There's nothing different. That was written in the 1500s, 16, early 15, late 1600. Hey, 400, 500, take your pick, 600 years ago. Nothing's changed because we're dealing with the same entities, the individual and the state. And then the political. See, why did Claudius cover this up? Because he was guilty of killing his brother. King Hamlet, Claudius killed King Hamlet and lied about it and thought he committed a perfect crime. And eventually, it brought the whole kingdom down from inside, not outside. That's another thing to learn from Hamlet. It, the kingdom fell from the disarray inside, not from being attacked by a competitor or an enemy from outside. 
It fell on its own petard because of the dishonesty in leadership. The political corruption of leadership. There's nothing changed. So now cometh before the court this request to steal depositions which haven't been taken on the basis they will reveal false art trade secrets which have been used to bring the charges against the Grotos Riles camp and they can't figure out what it is that they trade secret they've taken. Nor can the state attorney's office. I sat there and watched the mumble jumble. It is a here it is. Now we'll post this motion to we'll post this motion to seal. We'll post it later today. It's going to have all the uh, it's going to have exhibit B and exhibit A. And part of the part of the, you, they can't control this. They, I mean, Mossart. Not when you got Jason Hurst trial going on. Jason Hurst has seen the Toronto deposition. The attorney for Jason Hurst refers to the Toronto deposition in his suit for, on the behalf of Hurst against Bossart. They don't have enough fingers to stop all the leaks in the dike because there are so many lawsuits coming at them. And I hear there are more. It really is, really is. I, I offered you a very interesting story that just has another log on the fire, if you will, or, or, uh, or chapter. Sealing deposition transcripts of key managers at Boss Hart is essential, Boss Hart people are arguing, to guard against the defendants further compromising the confidential proprietary information of Boss Hart. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? Well, take a break right now on the Ward Scott file. We'll be right back. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Maurice T. McDaniel, 
Lewis Oil Company. Shoot GTR, on-the-spot dry cleaners, R&R construction, and style cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.awardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Ward Scott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All bees poop. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Well, it pauses, Daphne. Um, I'm going to talk about the weather by talking about the Inflation Reduction Act. Now, this is tied into the absolute orgy of code enforcement that the landlord-tenant relationships, uh, rental agreements are going through in Gainesville. Gainesville has got this absolute spasm um of uncontrollable impulses to go around and just badger every rental home owner into making sure the toilets are the new toilets are flush and this, that, one, another. Why do you really think that is? Do you really think it's because they care, Gainesville, city of Gainesville cares about the tenants? No, no, no. Let me tell you something, my little friends here. It's a little a little secret here. It, it's not that the city of Gainesville cares about the tenants because all it's going to do is make the tenants pay more rent because the land homeowners or rental uh, owners are going to have to, in order to keep their heads above water, pass it on to the renters. So the renters are going to be the ones who are punished but why is Gainesville so obsessed with your flushing toilet or your shower head? Well, it has to do with the Inflation Reduction Act. It's no different from P. Green underhand being obsessed with the biomass plant, the biggest boondoggle in the history of the city's government. Now, there are several provisions and this is, a, of all things, on uh, the Weather Channel's website. So to help homeowners 
are you ready for this? Make their properties more climate friendly. Now, how do you do that? Well, you get a rebate or a tax credit, or in the case of Gainesville, you get a code violation. If you don't do what? If you don't put up that those things which conserve energy, new windows, doors, shower heads, flushing toilets. That's what it's all really about. And the new home construction, you wonder why in the world is it more and more expensive? It's because partly the contractors have to meet these new energy, quote unquote, star guidelines. Home energy audits are out the, out the roof. Uh, these are really attempts to convert everybody to climate change ideology, whether you know it or not. Now, there are enticements, you know, just as there are for these so-called electric cars. You're going to get money if you go buy into this boondoggle. Um, there are going to be several hundred dollars in the case of homeowners that go into heat pump, uh, water heaters, space heating and cooling, stoves, cooktops. Meanwhile, farmers don't get any relief. They get punished even down to whether the flagellation of their cows is screwing up the climate. And the, the bill is funded by guess what? Taxes. Well, they say it's taxes on the corporations, but we know all about arming the IRS. So uh, greenhouse gas emissions, you are really secretly involved in it locally when in Gainesville, the code enforcement guys knock on your door and say the water container of your toilet needs to be ripped out and you need to pay for it to get a new one. And I'll be back a million times until you do and find you each time I return. Now, there's so much, therefore, writing on uh, the, um, the whole business of, of, uh, of, of the city of Gainesville elections that you have to scratch your head and wonder if you haven't read about it. How Ed Book, candidate for the city commission, former GPD cop, chief of the police out at Santa Fe, went around publicly, even to the souls, to the polls, with COVID, knowingly with COVID. What kind of, you know, what kind of, this is the question I'm being asked already. I don't have an answer. I know it. What kind of person who wants to be a commissioner would go around and expose voters and this is incidentally another problem with early voting. You see, a lot can happen with early voting that if you cast your vote early for Ed Book, uh, you might not have done it had you known that he was going to expose everybody in the world he touched and came in contact with over the weekend with COVID. You might, but you can't take that vote back. You've cast it. This is the problem, one of the problems one of the many problems with early voting. I don't have an answer, my friends. You asked me to take a look at it. Uh, I, I can't figure it out. I don't know why 
you know, it, I don't know. He says he knew he had COVID. That is even more strange than 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 science and fiction, really. Um, the inmate lockup situation is continuing. Uh, what's the latest story on that? Is that uh, Henry Thomas Schuler? He's entered a plea deal. These guys are going to try to get their sentences to run concurrently with the one they're serving so that they don't do any more time in the big house. But there's a couple of them that are going to challenge us in the court. And we're going to be waiting breathlessly for that because we still got this issue of T.J. Pichet. And what did he say and to whom did he say it? And was he misleading these people or did he have any responsibility to educate them? This whole thing was posed as an educational outreach situation where you went out on behalf of supervisor elections and educated people about voting. Well, obviously, it went a little beyond that. Even Kim Barton, her own self, has said, well, when I worked for uh, uh, the previous uh, Pam Carpenter, I went over to the outreach, but I never went in the jug and signed people up. I left all this stuff out front of the desk. Well, there you go. Many people feel that is a uh, an attempt to distance herself from T.J. Pichet, who took the Fifth Amendment. So I, I just put that out there for you to uh, to think about. Now, we have, of course, kind of a parallel to what's going on. It is certainly a parallel to what was going on in Act 5, Scene 1 of Hamlet. And in many ways, it's a parallel to what's going on with the situation with the state attorney's office, GPD, uh, Bossart, Grotos. Because somewhere in there, and the SWAT team, somebody suspects there was some hanky-panky that we are trying to cover up. And the most interesting agent involved in this cover-up is Ken Cornell. Everybody who's talked to me about it says he must have something to hide. He is a public official. Why would he want to be out of the public scrutiny? You'll have to ask that young man that. You can draw your own conclusions, as many have already. But you better be able to twist the tongue as well as the grave maker can in Act 5, Scene 1. You know, the White House is continuing to insist that Joe Biden knew nothing about the raid on Mar-a-Lago. Now, let's go back and ask a question. Did King Claudius actually, do we have a smoking gun in the play that King Claudius told the coroner to interpret Ophelia's death as as, a, as an accidental drowning. No, there is nowhere in the play that we have a scene that says Claudius said this to the coroner. The coroner is not a character in the play. So it's the people down on the pavement, so to speak, the common people who know this. How do they know it? 
Well, how do people know? People, and this is the premise of democracy, are not really dumb. They might be lazy. They might be easily influenced, but they're not really dumb. They've developed an IQ of at least 100, I guess. And so they won't be fooled all the time. Maybe some of them, some of the time. How's that go? Some of them all the time. I don't know. But they can't keep them all in the dark forever. In Hamlet, Hamlet believes that foul deeds will rise, though all the earth overwhelm them to men's eyes. Now, mind you, there's not another talk show host in America. Maybe the world that can sit here and explain to you everyday events in classical context. But you're getting it. And you can take it and learn from it <clears throat> if you care to. <clears throat> so did Biden know? <clears throat> did Biden know? Well, it's very convenient to say he didn't, just as it's very convenient to say he knew nothing about Hunter's deals. And yet he's referred to by Hunter as the big guy. <clears throat> But now the official party line of the White House is that no one knew that Attorney General Merrick Garland and the FBI was going to break with more than two centuries of, uh, of precedent without even giving a heads up to the chief of staff, Ron Klain. Presidential ignorance. Huh? What is presidential ignorance all about? It is about a political game. That is what uh, many are believing. And that is uh, particularly fleshed out here in this conversation that I'm sharing with you uh, uh, by the uh, uh, <clears throat> William McGurn, who has done some thinking about it. Obviously, what is going on here, as far as we, the grave makers, are concerned, and there's not much they can do to change this perception, is a political game. The grave makers knew that ruling Ophelia death, something other than a suicide, was done for political reasons. You couldn't fool them. They weren't stupid. I mean, they might be uneducated. They might be at the bottom of the economic rung. But they ain't nobody's fool. So the argument by the White House that they just learned about this from the media, the American public is not buying that, my friends. They are not buying that. And there's all sorts of speculation as to what this is going to lead to. Um, if the American people continue to get no answers from anyone about this, one scenario is very dire. We are headed for great internal trouble. Great internal trouble because of the lying by King Claudius and the cover-up 
by King Claudius resulted in the fall of the kingdom. Not from without, but from within. Many people feel that this pretending the Constitution doesn't exist, which is what you have to pretend if you believe that these institutions, which are not elected and not answer to the people, can do what they do, then you are headed for internal chaos, which we may already be at. Because the Constitution, according to McGurn, never envisioned anyone in the government being independent except from other branches of the government. So if this raid doesn't fulfill an objective criminal and statutory requirement, then look at it. And if trade secrets never are shown to exist after the SWAT team and the state attorney and Omar the tent maker and Barney Fife and all these characters. Then look at it. if there is no definitive, objective presentation of trade secrets. Look out. Now, what Americans are suffering, according to McGurn right now, we have an unelected attorney general. That's a little different. We have an elected state attorney. Okay? So you can, at the polls, remove that person. But you can't remove the attorney general by voting. You don't vote on the attorney general. And yet the attorney general of the United States made the unprecedented decision to send 30 FBI agents to the home of a former president and possible presidential candidate. And we're to believe he didn't even inform the president of the United States of this before he did it, that he just did this on his own? If so, what an extraordinary move. What a dangerous, extraordinary move that is. Because it's coming against the backdrop of the lack of trust that millions of us already have in the FBI and the Justice Department. We know, we have the documents now, that FBI agents were caught making highly, as Mr. McGurn says, unflattering remarks about Trump. And we know about the fake dossier fed to them by the Hillary Clinton campaign. Now that's so parallels. Does it not? Doesn't that parallel make, make you make you think there's not some parallels? The state attorney and the GPD is fed. If these allegations are true, 
a fake definition of trade secrets on which all these charges are made. If that's the case, there ain't no amount of ceiling that's going to help some people here. We had FBI officials admit to doctoring emails. I mean, it's, it's all over the place. The American people know this. They don't see anything happening. They don't see any justice coming out of that. And we know that we have independent councils and independent inspectors general, and we have the CIA turned on the citizens. Uh, it's all over the place. Look at the FISA court. You know, the Carter Page warrant shows that it effectively insulated officials who deploy the most formal powers of the federal government from the consequences of what should be an extraordinary decision spying on fellow Americans. That's McGurn saying that. Without a judge to give them cover, the FBI agents and the justice officials went way beyond what could be checkmated by an American input by the ballot box. And so what we have here is a growing, growing administrative state. Administrative state. It looks as if that's what the case is. Trying to cover for itself. And I, and I got to suggest to you that this drama we've got going on here in this community with this trade secret thing is taking place inside a whole culture that's being closely looked at for its lack of integrity. And if all these allegations are true, all through our criminal justice system and police and law enforcement world, it appears as if we could have a lack of integrity, a pretty serious lack of integrity. And this motion to seal doesn't help defray that suspicion. This is, Biden can't have it both ways. He can't say, well, I didn't know, because he should have known. He should have known. You can't have it both ways. I mean, do, or, or, when somebody brings a warrant to you that they help pay for, which is alleged in this case with Grotos and Bosshart, and you're the state attorney, are you? Should you have known that? Or you just take it prima facie? That's going to be an interesting question that's going to be pursued. I mean, well, you, know, you know, should you have known that? Should you have somehow checked that out? Or, or, or did you know that was paid for? Does the state attorney know that the uh, acquiring the trade secrets allegedly was paid for? And we keep using that word, although it's all over the legal documents. That is a fact. We'll see. Does the state attorney know 
that the substance for the charge was based upon a alleged, not just an alleged lie, but an alleged lie paid for by a party to the dispute. Most interesting, really kind of interesting. You know, it's kind of like the reason I'm so interested in drama, of course, which I just shared with you about Hamlet, is we've got drama going on right now. We've got enormously interesting drama going on in the community. So the Federalists, I'm going to sum it up this way real quickly. The Federalists, as an article by J.P. Shirk that says, um, ask the question, should the American people be afraid of the U.S. government? Well, let's look at this. We got a new army of IRS agents. We got a Department of Justice and an FBI that routinely ignores leftist violence, but throws the book at MAGA voters. Really? Uh, who presents the greatest threat to freedom? Those with the greatest power, sure, argues. Let's take a look at something here that I had. An abuse of power during Obama's presidency occurred. Now listen to this. When his Environmental Protection Agency released sensitive private and personal materials on more than 100,000 farmers and ranchers to outside environmental groups in what was seen as an intentional effort to promote echo activist tyranny. Did you know that? Okay. The Green New Deal climate change agenda is likely going to result in more EPA harassment. There, did you know that there are more than 400 departments, agencies, and sub-agencies within the federal government, and no one knows definitively how many agencies, components, and commissions exist? And each of these entities constantly issues rules, regulations, and guidelines that affect America's rights and liberties without their knowledge. There you go, my friends. That's the culture we're living in now. I don't make the news. I just report the news and I opine on the news. Have a great day. Warthog Command Center out.